What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostess, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. All right, welcome back. Special episode. Sheen and I have never been to a therapy session before, and so we're starting with a sex therapy. How, how do you how do you feel? Ready. I honestly didn't think that you were going to do this with me. I was like, he's going to clam up. He'll talk about anything, but I don't know that he'll talk about this. But I just think it's so cool. I think it's so cool we're doing this. I hope it's a lot of fun. I've talked to Vanessa before. I follow her on Instagram. You don't. This is all new for you. But I adore her. And I think it's going to be a good time. Do you have questions? Uh, I don't clam, so I don't know where you got that. But What's clam mean? You said I was going to clam up. Oh, I feel like you could get quiet. Like... At a funeral? Yeah, maybe this isn't, this wouldn't be my comparative. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. This isn't the comparative experience to a funeral, though. I I hope that's not what we're saying. No, that's what you're saying. Okay, well, we're going to invite her into the room now. Not actually the physical room, but our Zoom room that we're in. Vanessa, welcome back. I am so excited to be back. It was definitely made my day when I got your message. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I was just saying before we started, I I knew that having Shane on the show has been an incredibly popular experience for people. But I was like, this is just, I always talk about, well, I'll talk about sex with Shane and then I talk about sex to other people in like experts like yourself but we've never had the conversation in a controlled environment with an actual expert here to kind of do that. But before we get into like all the sexy details, remind everybody who you are and what exactly it is that you do. So my name is Vanessa Marin. I'm a licensed psychotherapist specializing in sex therapy. And I have a husband who wormed his way into my business as well I've in noticed. the same sort of way, right? Yeah. So my husband Xander and I now run a business together where we help couples take their sex lives and relationships from ordinary to extraordinary through online courses. And yeah, I 
love that you guys are having these conversations together because that's really been what has made our business feel so exciting these last few years is Xander and I getting to talk together about like being a real couple and having real struggles in our own sex life, in our own relationship and just normalizing so much of this, helping people realize like you are not alone. We are all going through like very similar things. But yeah, I'm so excited to be here and chat with both of you. Well, the first thing that I notice is we tend to, as women, have conversations about sex. And I don't know, do guys have conversations? I don't know. Like, I can't assume your experience. Do you guys have conversations about sex? Yes. But is it like actual, <laughs> like, I feel like as women, we're like, how often are you having sex? Like, what, like, some maybe funny stories of things that have occurred. But is got like, it's it's more like tangible, real, like, I don't know, you take something away from it kind of conversations. And I don't know, like, how are guys, how are you having conversations about sex? Not not a lot of details. Not a lot of details. Not a lot of details. It's more like, yeah, did it. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. <laughs> that was a thing. But then this, 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 is the, this is the funny thing to me is that I will talk to a sex expert and I'll talk to my girlfriends. And then the actual sex is happening with my own husband, but the conversations around it, I don't know what that is, but it can be a little bit of a leap to do that. So now you've brought your own husband into this work, which has been your work. And now you're bringing him in. Did, even as somebody who lives and breathes this kind of stuff, was that kind of a, was that a leap for you to start having these like real sexy conversations? Like, face sitting on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely was. And I think that's why I'm so glad that he's joined me and we're mm. talking about this stuff is, you know, I think a lot of times people assume like, oh, she's a sex therapist. She must have this perfect sex life and everything's right. easy for her. And, and, but the truth is it's not like I got attracted to this field because it's something that I struggle with too. Mm. So I think it's so interesting that, you know, we have sex with people. We do this incredibly intimate act with them. And yet we can't bring ourselves to open up our mouths and have a conversation about what we're doing. Um, so I think that it's such an important thing for couples to learn how to do. Like, you're doing it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, too. we're having a live sex therapy session for the first time. <laughs> and I think that's so cool. I think it's cool that we're doing it in a way that like, obviously, we know people are listening, but I also hope it encourages people to have these types of conversations. I'm not 100% comfortable right now. I feel very excited that we're doing this, but there's part of me that's like, I don't know what's going to come out. We recently had a podcast where Shane was like, we had a Q&A and people were asking different questions and they were saying like, what do you, what was it, what like turns you on or something? And Shane said, when you do something different or when you like surprise me. And I was like, it's, we've been together for like five years. Like, unless I quack out and like queef out the alphabet, I don't know how I'm going to surprise you. I'm sorry that you made that <laughs> face, but legit, like, I don't know what tricks I can pull that are going to surprise this man. And it really got me thinking about the fact that, and this maybe leads into my first question, why, as we go through relationships and we get more intimate with our partners, why do we get shyer in the bedroom? Maybe that's me, but like we did stuff. Like we did a lot of stuff when we were first like together and like discovering like intimacy and sex. Like it was so bold and outrageous. And now I think about that and I'm like, oh my gosh, I could never. Like not that I could never, but just it feels almost embarrassing. But it didn't when I was when it was like just fun and flirty. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest mysteries of the long-term relationship. It's like, why is it that this shifts so much? I think most people have had that experience of, I felt super comfortable being wild and uninhibited and initiating and trying certain things. And so why is it that the closer I get to somebody, the harder it feels to do those things? Mm. And I think there are a lot of different factors at play, but I do think there is something to be said about when we are really truly intimate with somebody, when we really know them and they really know us, sex does start to feel like there are higher stakes. Like mm. it feels different than, oh, this is our you know third date or our fourth date. Who cares if you don't like it when I pulled this move on you? You know, so that's one one piece of it. I think there's something about you know, Esther Perel talks a lot about like the tension in relationships between like on the one hand we're looking for our partner to be like our comfort mm. and to be so safe. For us and to really for us to like know them and be able to predict what they're going to happen but then on the other hand in order for like intimacy to stay alive we want that excitement that mystery that surprise that suspense and it's such a tension and i think that also in long-term relationships we tend to stop making our best effort with our partner, tend to stop putting our best foot forward. Like when you're at the beginning of a relationship with somebody, you are trying your best, like in all areas of like, you know, look at me, look at who I am. I'm so great. Don't you want to be with me? I'm super sexy too. You know, and as time goes on, we get more comfortable. We get settled into those routines and it feels harder and harder to break out of them. So it's interesting to hear you say like, there's nothing I could do to surprise him because my guess is that if you're like most couples, like you've gotten into a routine with each other. And even if that routine works and you both feel good, it's still a routine. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we think, oh, I have to do something new in the bedroom and shake it up and do some wild fantasy or something like that. But I bet that shame to be surprised or excited if you like initiated with him in a slightly different way. No, or maybe we, you guys tried. Are, this is our biggest. Yeah. She knows it. <laughs> what am I? We both hate initiating. Ah. It's a standoff. We both do it. We have we have a total. So yeah, that probably would that be surprising? Yes. If if you initiate, but I mean, you were never an initiator. I know, like I like to be chased. Ever, I like to be pursued. Right. To take another angle at it, though, I think there's like a different horniness level when it's a new mm. partner versus someone you're, you're you've been yeah. with, right? Like, I think you can do crazy stuff when you know you're like, oh man, this is all new. Like, this is everything. It's almost like a there, it's there, almost like a drunken experience. There's the no beginning. parameters. There's yeah. there you're, there's no mm-hmm. there's no guardrails. Yeah. You're like this yeah. is this is new. Like every everything's a possibility. That's true. Mm-hmm. And then I th- I feel like as things have gone on and you kind of do get I do feel like there's it's almost like a drunken experience because I think sometimes now our most our probably best outrageous sex is usually when we're a little bit tipsy is when we've mm-hmm. kind of like lost. It's usually me. It's when I've lost my edge a little <laughs> bit like that edginess or that overthinking that can happen. But in the beginning, when I look back and I was like, I was so bold, but then I also think, is it because I didn't care as much as I do now? Like I have to wake up with this man tomorrow. So if I do something in the next day, I'm a little bit embarrassed almost, which can happen. And I'm not usually somebody who struggles with embarrassment too much, but I mean, we got tipsy on the weekend and I did something that I literally the next day was like, I don't know. I can look at my own husband. (laughs) Like this is so bizarre, but I mean, with couples and especially, you know, for us, I don't know if you know this, but we had to pause. We weren't allowed to have sex for almost the entire pregnancy 
Then you go into postpartum and then it's all just like, oh my gosh, we're relearning sex. So it's like that stacked on top of the history of being together and having this, the, yeah, these routines, these comforts that we kind of get into. And so I'm curious, you know, now that you've been doing this work for quite a while, what are mm-hmm. some of like the most common things that you find people come in thinking we're alone in this experience, couples are struggling with sex, but is actually incredibly common? Pretty much every single thing. I think that's the really tricky thing about sex because we don't talk about it openly. We are all left with this sense of I'm the only one going through this. I'm not normal. There's something wrong with me. I'm broken in some way. Our relationship is broken in some way. So, I mean, I've had like that question, am I normal? I, you know, if I I had a penny for every time I was (laughs) asked that, I would be very, very wealthy. But I, you know, I've, I've had people ask me, am I normal because I don't like making out? Mm -hmm. Am I normal because I don't like my partner to touch my butt? Like really simple things, you know, but this lack of conversation about it makes us feel alone. Okay. So let's get into scheduled sex because you and I had a bit of a conversation about it. And it was one of those things that I remember the most from our conversation. And you actually don't view scheduled sex as a negative thing. I would love for you to kind of open up that conversation a little bit. Let us kind of entertain ourselves with the idea of potentially scheduling our our sex lives. Sell that. All right. (laughs) Okay. So scheduling sex. Yeah. It gets a really bad rap. A lot of people just think like, oh, you have to schedule it. Like that means your sex life is just totally dead. Um, But I think it's really important for us to recognize (laughs) that we schedule the vast majority of the things in our lives, right? And we don't look at it as a negative thing. Like we actually look at scheduling as, oh, this is a sign that this thing is important to me. I value it. I want to make sure it's on my calendar. I carve my time out. You know, I I make sure that I show up for that thing because it's important to me. And I think the other big reframe around scheduled sex is like, if you think back to you know, the beginning of your relationship, a lot of people will tell me like, oh, well, everything felt so spontaneous at the beginning. And now we're in this terrible place where we have to schedule it. But like, think back to the beginning of your relationship, maybe like the first few dates that you went on, like, did Shane just spontaneously show up at your house and say, hey, we're going on a date, like right this exact moment. Like, no, you guys probably scheduled a date, right? And like, you probably felt super excited to have that on your schedule. you're like looking forward to it. Oh my gosh, it's three days away. Now it's two days away. Now it's tomorrow. You know, so there's, we could get ourselves feeling really excited about connecting with our partner, even though it was a scheduled thing. So I think if we, you know, shift our perspectives on scheduling and realize like, it's not this horrible, terrible thing. And in particular, scheduling sex, can be great for parents. You know, I know you guys like you have a lot on your plates and your schedules are really full. So it's probably hard to find this time to spontaneously do anything in your lives, right? Like you have to make a plan of if you want to tackle something, if you want to get something done at a certain day, like there has to be a specific plan for it, right? The plan is, are the kids sleeping? It's the the entire plan is, are they sleeping and leaving us alone (laughs) for two seconds? Now, Shane, do you think that we could do scheduled sex? Like, do you have feelings on that to the point made is that yeah like implicitly you're already scheduling sex all the time yeah that's right? true so mm-hmm. it's just really making the implicit explicit and saying like let's lock it in i mean yeah. I, I i think 
I think maybe the reason people don't like scheduled sex might be, be because, you know, that whole aspect of being surprised goes away. Mm. But it doesn't. So, yeah. So here's the thought that I have for you guys. If you both, you know, neither one of you really likes initiating a ton, yeah. what you can do, like, so the thing with scheduled sex is it's, it's all about how you schedule it. Like, obviously, if you say, okay, it's going to have to be at Wednesday at 705 until 707, like, of course, that's going to feel clinical and terrible. Yeah, <laughs> like you're not going to be excited not about it. That's not hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's like, you know, you're doing it in this way that feels more fun and feels more playful. And so one thing that might work really well for you guys is if you took turns planning your scheduled nights. Oh. So let's just say you guys decide like, okay, Saturday night works well for us. Uh, you know, I'm just obviously assuming here. So one Saturday is going to be Shane's Saturday. The next Saturday is going to be Sarah's Saturday. And so you guys each took turns of, okay, I'm going to be the one who initiates that night. I'm going to take a little bit of time to brainstorm. Like what's a fun, sexy way that I could initiate, or maybe let me get the room all set up and I'm going to tidy it up and I'm going to light some candles, you know, stuff like that. Or, or, Maybe it's like Shane saying, oh, I'm going to let Sarah have some alone time for a little bit first. Oh my God, that's her, the like, sexiest. And then do I hear him vacuuming in the background? Does that also uh -huh. happen? Yeah. <laughs> he draws a bath my for fantasy. you. He goes to vacuum. <laughs> the meal being cooked. Yeah, love it. So that way it's like, it's nice to be You know, you guys are getting to like real. do something you're doing something special for each other, yeah. right? So you each get to trade off like feeling really pampered and taken care of. And you're sharing that responsibility of like, yeah, initiating sex is incredibly vulnerable, even with the person that you like love the most in the world. It's so vulnerable to put yourself out there. So if you're being really clear about like trading off that responsibility, it can make it feel easier to connect to. So I have a little bit of a question because this one comes up to me a lot and I struggle to answer it because it is my own kind of hurdle to get through as well. And that's body changes. I mean, right now I have a overhanging belly that comes from having this fourth child and being, you know, going through so much body change. And it's really brought me back to the days where I was like wearing a t-shirt in the bedroom and so insecure and I've had so many women who are like, how do you manage? Like I have a belly like yours. How do you manage having sex? Like, and not thinking about that all the time. Like, how do you manage getting like on top? I'll be real. They just say like, how do you manage getting on top? And all I could think about was I can't, I don't because I still have these like little inhibitions. So or they can be big, they can really inhabit intimacy, which is essentially stripping me of my own joy for I don't even know what reason, because Shane has never brought it up as an issue. So first, before we go into talking about it with you, I'd love to hear from Shane, maybe some of those reality feelings around maybe some of those doubt feelings that I have versus like what your actual true experience is and how like gauging how much you even effing care about this. I don't know why I just like censored my own word, how much you fucking care about this. Well, I can tell you that like, d despite what anybody says, dudes have like their own feelings about their own, mm. the way they look. Right. Really? So, you think about that? For sure. Oh. Absolutely. Hmm. But I mean, for me personally, and I can only really speak for me on this. Yeah. I, I, I know my body is going to change over time. Yeah. Right. There's ebbs and flows. There's times where I like really... I'm into fitness and there's other times where I'm like really into making beer. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, like, but, and, and at the same time, I, you know, 
there's a it's it's a there's a huge difference in attraction between someone who is in the mode of I want to have casual sex versus mm-hmm. relationship sex. There's just like a different mindset when you get into that. So mode. do you feel, though, that when I'm being more insecure and like doing things like not getting on top, do you feel like insecurities are actually creating barriers in our intimacy or even your own pleasure experience? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, like, to be honest, it's like, yeah. because I don't, I like, I feel like it's validating in that, like, you feel that way, mm. but I don't feel that way. So it's right. it's almost like, I feel like you're wrong. <laughs> well, Shane, let me ask you a question. Have you ever caught yourself thinking, oh, God, I hope Sarah does not get on top because I do not want to see her belly hanging over like that? No, no, I've never <laughs> I've never thought about that. Really? No. Right. <laughs> I mean, even if you, okay, let's even take the worst case scenario. Let's say Sarah gets on top, her belly looks unflattering. I'm going to put this like in air quotes. Let's say it looks unflattering. Shane, are you ever going to say like, you know what? We really just need to stop here because this belly is like, it's it's turning me off so much that I just don't want to continue. No, like absolutely not. I feel like I know on paper. I know what you look like. I know what you look like naked. Yeah, you do. There's no, there's, there's no surprises. <laughs> there's not even, I find that so funny too, that people are almost like nervous about what we look like naked. Like if you see somebody in your mm-hmm. in their clothes, like we have a pretty general idea of a lot of this. Yeah. And there, but there is like, it's it's like the most vulnerable. And I work in like, I literally pose pictures where my belly is hanging over. But in that moment, in that like, really it like pushes me to the very brink and it always has Mm -hmm. like I don't want to be specific to this season of postpartum because this has always been my hurdle and Mm -hmm. it's always been the struggle is when I'm on top not only am I being vulnerable about my wants and my needs but my body as well there is like Mm -hmm. it's no longer it like puts me in the control seat of something that I I'm uncomfortable I'm uncomfortable saying I want sex. So, and mm-hmm. I, and I love having sex. I've gotten a lot better with that, but I'm uncomfortable with so many layers of that. So even getting on top, it's like, it's easy for my brain to hyper-focus on. I'm uncomfortable with my body, but the fact is I'm uncomfortable about the entire scenario. And I don't want to be leaning on something like alcohol to mm-hmm. make me feel more confident. But I understand on paper that when I'm just like, straight up confident that's when we have like the best sex and that's when we walk away like on another level but like bridging that gap is so hard yeah so okay there's so many things like I'm like do we have three hours left can I go through (laughs) all my all my tips about this there's so many things I want to say but let me just share a couple of the ones that like pop immediately to mind so I think one thing is recognizing we are all our own harshest critics nobody Mm -hmm. else in the world sees your body the same way that you see your body and especially your partner during sex (laughs) like they're seeing your body and like Shane's thinking boobs but skin awesome <laughs> you know like your partner's excited to yeah. see you and connect with you um Xander and I actually did this great story on Instagram we have it saved under it's like called a body love highlight okay. where I I like asked women what are the things that you're most self-conscious of during mm-hmm. sex and not to be too heteronormative about it but since we are a hetero couple and so I asked him every single one like belly pooch you know a little arm flab armpit vagina boobs at a weird angle and like his reactions are hysterical because literally every single one he's like I don't care. Like, yeah. I'm not thinking about that. If that's not what's important to me, like, especially during the sex. So that's one. 
Second one is I think a lot of us want to be more confident in the bedroom. And I'll say like, I'm a sex therapist, I'm a professional. Mm -hmm. And I will still catch myself like having moments of feeling like my body feels, looks kind of weird. It's not super flattering. Ooh, what's he thinking? Like, so I think a lot of us have this idea that confidence, like once we are confident, we're just like totally confident and we Mm -hmm. never get rattled and we never have a negative thought. And so that's just not the reality. Like Mm -hmm. I think confidence is, that we can notice those negative thoughts because they're so instinctual. They've been so ingrained in us from decades of Mm -hmm. shitty socialization. Mm -hmm. So we can recognize those thoughts and think, you know what, I'm going to choose to put that aside and focus on how beautiful my body is, how perfect my body is, like the immense amount of joy and pleasure that I'm capable of experiencing in my body, of the way that I'm able of like connecting with my partner with my body. So it's not that you're ever going to be perfectly confident, but that you allow yourself to not get totally swept up in the distracting yeah. thoughts. You're always going to have the distracting negative self-conscious thoughts, but it's just not getting distracted with them. And then for you in particular, I think about like you have a tremendous skill set that you've built up over the year around confidence. Yeah. What everything you're like, saying is literally how I move through the world. It's just <laughs> not the, how I move through the bedroom. It's like I used to, and I've come a long way. I used to walk out backwards so that he couldn't see my butt or that, you know, I would always wear, like I said, always wear a t-shirt. So I have really truly come a long way, but it, it is like this experience that can really trip me up. But this is like a little tiny shift that I think you could make that would be really powerful. So you're, you're looking at it as I'm really confident in these other areas, but like, I'm still really stuck with it around sex. Yeah. And I think you could look at it as I have a skill set. Mm-hmm. I have a huge skill set that I've built up. And can I get like kind of curious about how do I bring that skill set into this one particular area? So it's just like the tiniest of little shifts, but I think it could make a, a really big difference to have it be not like I have these skills, but I can't do it here. Yeah. I have these skills. How do I bring them into here? Now, I would say like overall, though, especially as we've like gotten back into sleeping and having more energy again, like I feel like our, I'm still overall very happy with our sex lives. I think I recognize that like sometimes it could be better for these little things, but like Shane, for you, are there like noticeable things or are you like overall pretty happy with like our amount, how everything's going? Like, how would you say you feel in terms of needs being met in terms of sex in relationship? You know, since we had Lemmy, Mm -hmm. things slowed down, but I mean. She slowed to a stop. Yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> she came back. She came back. I, I, I feel like it's it's getting back to a good pace. Yeah. I mean, like to, for me, we both work a lot, yeah. so it's always been a bit of a where do we find time? Yeah. Right. But I I actually feel like we're getting better at finding time than than previously. Yeah. We're like we're you know to the to the whole going back to the whole point of scheduling things. I think we're figuring out that like hey, if we do this before we do this other thing. No, we took your advice. Oh, the virtual? No, I read out your post and then Shane brought it up again. And I was like, no, this was the right thing to do. Having sex before the date. Our anniversary, we were like, had this whole date planned. We had a babysitter, came home and we were like, I know it's our anniversary, but like, I might vomit on you. Like, we're not good. We just had a huge Uh meal. (laughs) We had just come home from vacation. It was A lot. And I think we both had that little bit of like, are we letting the other person down? Like, I don't know which one of us said it first. Like, I don't think I can have sex. And it was just the other person like, oh, thank God, because 
I'm not, a, I'm so bloated. I'm so uncomfortable. Like I don't, that's the last thing I want to do. And like uh-huh. obligatory sex can really happen in our lives. Valentine's birthdays, anniversaries. And so this last weekend I saw your post about, you know, doing, having sex before you go out for a date. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, that was so effing efficient. Like it was, it was so exciting that we could, I mean, a little annoying because I had already done my hair and then I was like, ah, frig, I gotta kind of like fix some things. But yeah. overall that, that was like a huge game changer for us. And we both walked away. Like that was awesome. Cause there's no way we were having sex at the end of the night. Like we passed yeah. out when we got home. Absolutely. Yeah. I got to give credit where credit is due. (laughs) Dan Savage originally came up with and named the fuck first rule. And I just thought it was so brilliant because yeah, I'm the exact same way. If I have a full belly, like I just not interested. And I've sort of adapted it a little bit to kind of talk about trying to seize the moments and have sex as early as you possibly can. Because most of us have made this association with like the end of the night, crawling into bed and having sex. And honestly, like that's the worst time. Like you're so tired, your head's hitting the pillow. You're You're already like doing that math of like, yeah, how much, how much sleep am I going to get? If I fall asleep, like in 10 minutes, how much sleep will I get? What if it's 20 minutes, you know? So it's like, it's just such a hard time to have sex. So this is obviously totally different from couple to couple, whether they have kids, no kids, work schedules, like all kinds of stuff. But as early in the day as you can, like put the laundry away later, you know, do the, I'm, I like the, I like the dark. I like when it's end of the day, but that's so inconvenient. It doesn't work out. It, like a lot you of You just got to wake up earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I get it. That's his time of day, but it kind of leads me into my next question, which is, you know, it doesn't always align that we both want to have sex at the same time. And there is that reality of having to let somebody know that this isn't the time. It's not going to work out. It's a no from me. And how do we, how can we approach that in a way that isn't damaging to the relationship, but also figuring out that need. Cause then that's like, if somebody's already in the point of instigating sex, like for me, my mind's already gone to that point. And I know Shane's been in similar situations where he's already like wanting it. And then it's like, oh gosh, I either have to let you down or I have to like deny like what it is that I want for myself. Like it, it can kind of be this like tricky barrier in relationships of like how to approach it when one wants it and the other one doesn't, which let's be real happens both ways. I think women are often very confused about the fact that men actually don't think about sex every six seconds of the day, that they might actually want to say no to sex just like we do for the same valid reasons as we do. But it feels really, it really feels uncomfortable when your partner says no, or when you have to say no to your partner. So what are your recommendations for a saying that in a, in a way that is proactive solutions-based and also managing those feelings of when your partner says no? Yeah, this is such a great question. So first, I think it's really important for us to normalize that in every relationship, you're going to have these kinds of experiences. Like it's just so rare for two people to be on exactly the same page every single time. This is going to happen. So first thing that I that I like to recommend for people is when you're initiating sex and even when you're kind of considering when you're, you know, your partner has initiated I really like using like a tiny word swap. So instead of saying like, do you want to have sex? 
asking, are you open to it? Mm-hmm. Or are you asking yourself, am I open to it? Because I think sometimes when our partner initiates, we put this pressure on ourselves of like, oh, I have to like, while I have to want it right now. And I have to want it as badly as they want it and be ready to go. And like, you know, and you, you already feel like you're behind because your partner is initiated and yeah. you weren't really there. So if we sort of change the, the parameters a little bit, and it's not like, am I actively desiring it? But like, am I open to mm. being intimate in some way? And so then the second little tweak that you can make is, so a lot of times we think of, you know, especially with like a heterosexual couple, for example, we think of sex as intercourse. Like we use those words interchangeably, yeah. right? And like intercourse sometimes can feel like a whole big production. And so if you're always just initiating intercourse, you're, you know, you're going to be less likely on either end. And I'm super glad that you pointed out that it's either end because mm-hmm. yes, it's totally there, you know, lots of men who are in relationships with women where the woman is the one who has the higher sex drive. So if it's, you know, if you kind of can put more options on the table instead, where it's not just that you're initiating intercourse, but initiating some sort of physical intimacy and you on yourself, you know, when your partner is consider like initiating with you, considering like, okay, huh, maybe the idea of of intercourse, I don't feel open to it right now, but I would feel open to us giving each other massages Mm -hmm. or I would feel open to us like making out with each other and Mm -hmm. seeing if we feel like anything more or I would feel open to just my partner focusing on me and me seeing if I can get, you know, kind of caught up to where they are. So if there are more options on the table, you know, it's going to be much more likely that you guys are going to connect physically more. So then let's say that it's just a straight up no. I was going to say, what if you're so just a hard no. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a hard <laughs> That's no. That's going to happen too, <laughs> for sure. So I think what can really soften the blow is to, to like even use this specific phrase. It's like, I'm turning down sex in this moment for this reason, yeah. but I'm not turning down you. Because that's the thing about when we turn our partners down, it feels so personal. Like it's really easy for us to feel like I'm not sexy enough. I'm not attractive enough. My partner doesn't want me like I'm being turned down. Mm -hmm. And the reality is like, that's never why we're turning our partners down. Right. You're never like, like not feeling that right now. Like it's always my head. I have a splitting headache from earlier. I'm exhausted. I haven't had a good night of sleep in three days. It's my stomach is too full and I'm afraid I'm going to fart on my partner if we do something. Right. That's real talking. That's, that's always the reason. (laughs) I mean, the reason is always I eat too much food. (laughs) I I ate ate two pounds of wings and I have heartburn. (laughs) Like, look at that. I mean, if that's, you know, if Sarah, you get the courage to initiate with Shane and he just says yeah. no, like, of course you're going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I'm never doing that again. Yeah. But if he's like, I just ate two pounds of wings and I'm afraid I'm going to fart on you. Like you're going to laugh and it's yeah. not going to feel, it's not going to feel like that personal rejection. Right. Yeah. Okay. Shane, do you have any questions? No, I didn't. I didn't prepare anything. I know. I was like, I have like a little sheet down. I just feel like everyone listening is probably thinking I am just bulldozing this entire thing as we go. (laughs) Vanessa, this has been so fun. I feel like it's actually just the start of us opening more conversations like this with each other. I love doing it in a podcast setting because it really like puts us in this like bubble scenario to have these conversations in a really Mm -hmm. like open way and Shane and I are like really close so there's still stuff that like we definitely I definitely still like I said like on the weekend little tipsy still couldn't look my (laughs) husband in the eye the next day because there is so much of us that I think even with our most intimate partners that we feel you know insecure about and we're struggling Mm -hmm. through and 
your um, page has really helped me so much. It's helped us so much. You know, the sex first on a date has been really cool. And also just like love learning through what other people are going through. You recently, like I mentioned earlier about the face sitting, how many women and didn't even know <laughs> yeah. what that was. Like didn't even know that that was an, like a sex yeah. move. And I remember years ago, I worked at a pharmacy and this little old lady there, she was like, when we were younger, they didn't even tell us that there was different positions of sex. Like when we think we're in such a open-minded, like very educated world, but the way that people are learning about sex isn't always realistic. It's not always tangible to our actual lives. And so I think what you're teaching is truly bringing it back home, bringing it into like a couple's experience. And I would love to hear a little bit more about what you're up to. I know last time we chatted, you had some new things that came out. I would love to hear what you've got going on and where everyone can find you. Yeah. So I'd love to share all of that, but can I put you guys on the spot and ask you a question? Okay. 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 (laughs) Okay. So I think one of the biggest challenges that comes up for couples is just what we were saying. Like, it's so hard for us to talk about sex. We're doing it with our partner. We're not doing it with our partner, but we can't open our mouths to talk about it. So one of the like baby steps that I love to give people is to just start talking about it in a positive way. Like I think so many times we hear the phrase, like talk about sex and your mind's kind of leaping to like, oh, I've got to tell my partner about that thing that they do that I really don't like, like that their their move (laughs) that just does not work. But that's not like that doesn't have to be the starting point. So I think one of the better starting points which I would love for you guys to answer if you okay. feel comfortable with, but is to start with something super simple, like to share with each other, what is one thing that your partner does that you enjoy during sex? So it can be however big or small you want it to be, but just what is one thing that you each enjoy doing with each other or that your partner does? What's one thing that you guys like? I think Shane knows the answer for me. And it's been, I honestly am so do you know what, that, what I'm going to say for the answer? I, I, I imagine there's a lot of things that you like. There are a lot of things <laughs> that I like, but I enjoy nipple play, even though that I'm still breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is like this weird moment of does, is he still going to do that? Even though I've been like nursing his child in front of him, but mm-hmm. I had to really, even for myself, I felt a little weird about it until somebody gave me the comparison. It's like, I'm so sorry that you have to hear this before telling me what you think is good in sex because it's going to ruin it. But like inserting a tampon being the same as having intercourse. Yeah, maybe it's the same thing, but it is not the same experience. And so really recognizing I still really like that. And that's pretty much my thing. That's like my tip. That's my tip off point. And Shane's really good at it. Love it. Awesome. (laughs) Look at that smile on his face. I think... I just like when you make noise, to be honest. Really? Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's, I don't know. I thought you were going to say blowjobs for sure. Well, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of things. I mean, obviously, yeah. who doesn't, but yeah, like, just, just noise is good. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Okay. I, the simplest of questions yeah. can involve a really interesting conversation with I'm a sex. Simple man. So. I'm a simple man. <laughs> <laughs> I that's I Shane's thought, podcast coming yeah, out 2023. Exactly, right? Oh my gosh, that was good, good move, Vanessa. That was very good. 
right. Yeah. So yeah, for anybody listening, like that can be such a great conversation to have with your partners. Like just mm-hmm. get started with something small, straightforward, but you yeah. very well may surprise each other with your answers just because it's something we don't talk about openly. So yeah, I'd love to connect with anybody in your audience. The last time I was on, I got so many incredible DMs and, you know, messages oh, from people. So you have the best community. You really, yeah, really do. They are. Um, so there are two places that you can find me. Um, one is on Instagram at Vanessa Marin Therapy. And Xander and I do stories together every day where we talk about face sitting and anal play 101 and a lot of body stuff too. So definitely check that out. And we have a ton of highlights about like, uh, we have a lot of different free guides. You can learn about all of our different courses. Um, and then our website is at vmtherapy.com. And yeah, you can find all the information about our courses there. We have a ton of different stuff, like ranging from a course that teaches women how to orgasm. We have courses about low libido or mismatched libido. Mm. We have really fun challenges that couples can do, like a sex challenge and a connection challenge. And then this year we've released, um, we're starting to get into a lot more like how-to guides because I think one thing that comes up with sex is we all feel like we should know how to do it and be really yeah. good at it. But like, where do we ever learn? No, like very I practical step-by-step. Step. to give the best blow job. And I have applied those tactics because I read about it. Like I studied mm-hmm. it because I felt honest, honest to goodness, if I'm going to give a, the straightest answer, when I, after I went through divorce, knowing that I had these three kids and that my body looked, you know, different, that I had these stretch marks and I had all these inhibitions about what I looked like. I was like, if I can be really memorable at a blowjob, I will be (laughs) memorable forever. So I was like, I have to be the best. And so these like learning as an adult, if you can, you know, if we can praise going and learning how to play the piano, we can like learn how to Mm -hmm. play butt plugs. I don't know. What is the thing? <laughs> the thing we have to yeah, we, So we have, yeah, we have guides about blowjobs, yeah. you know, oral sex, using your hands. And we even have a sex position playbook where we guide people through like exactly how to get into out of positions, how to move in positions, how to transition in between positions, different categories for the positions and like combinations of yeah. positions. So that one's super fun too. Oh my gosh. You guys must have so much fun putting these together. Oh yeah. There was a lot of research that went into that one. Neither of us were complaining about it. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for this session, Shane. Thank you for your contributions and your willingness to do this with me. It's been honestly such a delight and I can't thank you enough. And for everyone listening, I'm going to have all of Vanessa's information. You can go and check out her and Xander and all of their little highlights, everything that they're doing. It's super fun to follow along, whether you're single or in a long-term relationship or anything in between. Spicing up your own life is just something that is so special. And I hope we all have a little bit of something that we can take away today. So thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.